Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another episode of the X Factor Sports Podcast. We are live everywhere. YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys for tuning in. We got a great show for you guys tonight. I'm glad you guys can tune in with us. We got a lot to talk about. It's going to be heavy on the NBA and the NFL side, as you can tell, where we're at in the season and where we're at on the calendar. We got a lot to get into. Before we get into the segments, though, we are going to get into that quick news. We're jumping right in. All right. So let's get to the ladies. Ladies first, of course. And we got to congratulate Tara Vanderveer, head coach of the Stanford women's basketball team for passing Coach K in all-time wins in NCAA. She's at 1,203. Never thought I would see anybody pass Coach K up. I guess I hadn't been looking around to see Tara Vanderveer. She's been coaching since 1978, three national titles with Stanford. Congrats to her. 12.03 and counting. So there's no telling where she can go with this record. She might put it out of reach. Gino O'Reilly was right behind him. But, yeah, I mean, it's a testament to longevity, right? You know, uh, women's basketball has been around forever. They're finally starting to build up some recognition. They got star players now. Angela Reese, Caitlin Clark, like they're starting to build a following in the women's game in college. And obviously that'll trickle to the WNBA. But this is a milestone. I mean, the most wins in NCAA basketball belongs to women's basketball. So congrats to them. Congrats to Tara Vanderveer. Hopefully they can get another national championship out there before she hangs it up. But Coaching since 1978, crazy. She doesn't look like she's been coaching since 1978, I'll tell you that. But uh, it's cool to see basketball getting recognized from all platforms, men and women. So congrats to her. In the NBA, shift over, some quick news there. A couple things that happened this week before we got live on the show tonight. Can't go on without talking about Joel Embiid. My man dropped 70 on Monday night, put 70 on Wimby head, playing against the Spurs. Welcome that kid to the NBA. Even Carl Anthony Towns had a 62-piece, but it was in a loss. His coach wasn't too happy about it. Felt like they were forcing him the ball and trying to get him a career high. But on the other side, Joel Embiid, they did it right. They even interviewed Embiid in the locker room, and he was telling his teammates, look, don't force it to me. If it comes to me, it comes, but we got to play basketball the right way and get this dub. And that's exactly what happened. Sign of a mature MVP, you know, getting his 70 points, but they get it in winning fashion. So congrats to him. He has a record in Philly that Wilt Chamberlain doesn't have on the scoring side, which is ridiculous. I didn't even think that was possible. If you look up Wilt Chamberlain, I mean, his video game numbers, what he did. So cool to see that. Also on the other side of that, Tristan Thompson, you guys know who Trisha Thompson is, won a championship with the Cavs back in 2016, been in the league for years. He just got popped for growth hormones. He's out 25 games for that. Um, the only reason it's making news is because how the hell are you getting popped for growth hormones in the NBA? Like, who's doing that? So I think his career is done. Like, he fought and begged his way back into the NBA after sitting for a couple of years. And then you get in trouble for this. I don't know if a team will want him back. Like, what does he bring to the table for you if he can't even 
stay off of, you know, getting popped for enhancement. So he's gone. And then finally, some good news. I would say if you're a Bucks fan, no offense to Adrian Griffin, but unfortunately they fired him after 43 games. And this is what it tells me. If you're just reading between the lines, a head coach that hasn't coached the team, he's coached them for eight months and they let him go. They're number two in the East behind Boston and they fire him. Now, why would a coach that is number two in his conference in the first 43 games be fired by a veteran team? This is my theory, all right? I just think that he wasn't, Giannis wasn't feeling him. Let's just call it what it is. You got veterans in the locker room. They've won a championship. And I think the veteran guys just wasn't vibing with Adrian Griffin. Unfortunately, they want a veteran presence in the locker room. I think they probably regret Coach Bud leaving after seeing what Adrian Griffin did. Not that Adrian Griffin did a bad job. Obviously, he won, you know, 35 games or something like that, or they were 43 and 10, I think, when he got let go. So he'll probably get another coaching job. But I think it's going to be with a young team. And this is typically what happens in the NBA. A, a new coach or a young coach will get a coaching job in a hot or a competitive contender. And it doesn't work out. The veterans don't mesh with them. This is how we did things. You want to change everything up. Your philosophy, they just butt heads. The superstar is going to get what the superstar wants. And I think that's the case here with Adrian Griffin leaving. I think he'll get a job. Coaching a young team, he may get that Detroit job. Monty Williams probably pulled the rest of his hair out coaching Detroit, so he'll probably be gone shortly. And maybe Adrian Griffin will get them and kind of start and work his way up. But insert Doc Rivers. So congrats to him for getting the coaching job. And it makes sense. Like I said, it's a veteran team. Giannis has been there, won a ring, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and now they got uh, Dame Lillard. I feel like when you got a group of veterans like that, they want to win now. And with a young coach, the young coach is kind of behind the curve, behind the eight ball. So you bring in Doc Rivers. He has championship experience. He's a player's coach. He's coached older guys. He he understands how veterans operate. You know, the practices aren't going to be crazy like a, like a young coach would have it. They're going to get the proper rest they need. Like they're going to be able to come to Doc Rivers. And from a disciplinary side, he commands the respect of the players. He's been in the league. He's been associated with the NBA for 40 years. He's been a coach for almost 20 of those. So with that, I think Doc Rivers is the perfect hire for this particular job just because it's the middle of the season. There's a bunch of chaos. They have to figure out what we're going to do at the two seed with this good team. How are we going to integrate or continue to integrate Dame Lillard? So Doc Rivers is the is the obvious hire in this spot. So congrats to him. And I'll tell you what, he probably will do better. I know for sure he'll do better coaching than he did commentating on TNT. So I'm glad he's off of the, off of the airwaves doing that. All right. Let's get him back on the sideline doing what he do. Um, so we'll see what Milwaukee does. I still don't think they're better than Boston, but I think this will be a better hire for this particular spot in the season halfway through and you're trying to make a push to the playoffs. So that's what we got there. Veterans respect Doc. All right, and then Major League Baseball. 
So congrats. We got some first ballot Hall of Famers that got announced. Uh, Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, Todd Helton, congrats to them being first ballots. And it was pretty obvious to me Adrian Beltre was going to get the first ballot Hall of Fame nod. I don't know about the other two, but for sure, Beltre, if you remember what he did with the Texas Rangers, um, I mean, Mr. 3000, he's got over 3,100 hits. He's got over 1,700 RBIs, over five, over 450 home runs. Like, I mean, it was obvious. He's one of the best third basemen of his generation. And he joins a class of George Brett, Wade Boggs, uh, Mike Schmidt, Chipper Jones as third baseman to become first ballot Hall of Famer. So congrats to Adrian Beltre on that. And that's what we got for the quick news. We got Hall of Famers. We got Doc Rivers back coaching. And we got Tara Vanderveer, the ladies, taking over for all the wins. Number one spot. So let's get into this before we get into the monologue. In the NFL, we all saw the Chiefs-Bills game, right? Me personally, I had Buffalo winning that game. For all the reasons I alluded to last week, the week before, I just felt like it was their time. I'm not one of those that believes, oh, it's hard to beat a team three times. If you're not good and I play you three times, I'm going to beat you three times. Simple as that. So I don't believe in that. However, I thought the Bills were good enough. They were the hottest team. They beat the Chiefs at home and started on a run after that. They looked good. And the Chiefs just came in and did what they have done to the Bills three out of the last four years and beat them. It, it seems like it didn't matter that they were in Buffalo. They made all the right plays. The Chiefs played the best offense that they've played all season. Now, was this an aberration or is this something that they'll continue to do? Because the Chiefs offense has not looked that great all season until Sunday. So I'll bring it to this. There's levels to this. That's all it is, man. When it comes to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, obviously the loss isn't on Josh Allen. It was a team effort. The win isn't on Patrick Mahomes. It was a team effort, right? But there's levels to this, man. Like, Mahomes is going to, in the end, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to their sixth straight AFC championship game. Now, with all the talk about these quarterbacks and what class they're in, the Lamar Jacksons, the Joe Burrows, the Josh Allens, all these guys being talked about in the same breath as Patrick Mahomes. And it's simple, man. It's levels. Like, they're not on his level. All right? It is what it is. You can talk about numbers. You can talk about his playoff record. He is, I mean, go look at the playoff numbers and see what this dude is doing. His playoff numbers are better than a MVP's numbers when it comes to 16 games. Like, his passer rating's better. His Touchdown to interception ratio is better. Like he's 13 and three in playoffs. Like it's ridiculous. His numbers get better when he gets to the playoffs. He elevates, he rises to the occasion. So it's just levels. I mean, every time they play against Buffalo, anytime a play needs to be made, the Chiefs seem to make the plays that they need to win, and the Bills don't. So it's not a coincidence, right? It's been happening for years and years and years. It ain't you can't call it a fluke if it happens all the time, right? Now it's just normal. 
So that's what it is. And that's what we saw this past weekend. The Chiefs beat the Bills. We're not here to point blame at Josh Allen, but you have to rise to the occasion. When greatness is, when, if you're great, you can be great. But if your greatness is called upon, greatness is knocking on the door, you don't answer it. And the other guy does continuously. The guy is just great. So it is what it is, man. I mean, Josh Allen wants to be considered a great player. He has to rise to the occasion. And that's the next level. Like, he's a good quarterback. He's going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback. But he it, it's going to be hard for him to be an all-pro quarterback because you got that guy standing across from you. And then you got Lamar as well. So, I mean, it's tough. So, the Bills were just in a they, – they had everything that they needed to win that game, right? They go into the fourth quarter with a lead. They had three possessions. They go punt, punt, miss field goal with the lead in the fourth quarter. Obviously, the Chiefs scored to take the lead, but you had the ball for three possessions after doing everything you did until you get into money time. So they got everything they wanted. At home, 24 to 20, going into the fourth quarter, and they didn't score another point. It's levels. You got to be able to win these games. Even Miss D is over here flexing because she she likes hearing me talk about this because I said the Bills are going to win. It's all good. The, the facts are the facts. That's why we do this show live because when the facts come out, we spit them to you, and I have no problem spitting the facts. So the Chiefs beat the Bills three out of the last four playoffs. And the reason there was no question when it comes to greatness, there was no question about it. Jordan was the greatest in his era, right? You got the Patrick Ewings, the Carl Malones, the Stocktons, the Reggie Millers, the Charles Barkley's. Like they couldn't win once he started winning, right? Then you had Bird and Bird and Magic. They were great together, right, in their era because they were winning in their era together. You got Kobe and Tim Duncan. They were winning in their era together, right? LeBron and Steph right now. LeBron got four, Steph got four. They're winning in their in their respective eras. Right now in this Mahomes era, Brady retired. So who's the guy right now that he's, he's looking around and there really isn't anybody at his level? Yes, Matt Stafford won a ring with the with the Rams, but we don't talk about Matt Stafford in the same breath as Mahomes. He's not in this same class in terms of you know age, how long Stafford's been in the league, and he finally got one. We're talking about these guys right now: the Joe Burrows, the uh, Josh Allen's, the Lamar Jacksons, the Tua's. Like these guys are in the era right now that are going to be playing for the next 10 years with this guy. And he's the one winning. So your Dak Prescott's, your Jalen Hurts, you know, these are the guys, Justin Herberts. And it's all coming up 15. So what I'm saying to you guys is, and what we're witnessing, obviously they got to win on Sunday and then, you know, go to Super Bowl and we'll see what happens. But still, even right now today, 
He's been to six straight AFC championships. All of the best quarterbacks are in his conference. And he ends up in this game every year since he started. There's just levels to it. You got to salute. You got to tip your cap. So all these other quarterbacks we like talking about, they got to move to the side, man. It's a different tier. They're not there yet. Until you beat this guy, we can't really have the conversation. Like Burrow beat him, but then they go to the Super Bowl and didn't get it done. So he still has the crown as it, as it seems. And that's the way it is. So when we come back, we're going to get into these segments. We got some NBA to talk about. The trade deadline is a week from tomorrow. We're going to get into four teams that I feel like should make a move to become contenders going into the playoffs. I got some crazy, crazy trades for y'all. You're not going to want to miss who I think should go where. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. I hope you guys like that monologue, that last segment. You guys let me know. Is Mahomes the best quarterback in the league? It should be a simple answer. To me, it is, but you guys let me know what you think. You may have your favorite quarterback. People may say Lamar, he's going to win MVP this year. So that's up for debate as well. I like talking about it, but shoot it down in the comments. We always get to those after the episode. We always like and share them. And we love when you guys participate. So make sure you like, share, subscribe, and follow the X Factor Sports Podcast on all the platforms, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. All right? So let's get into it. The NBA. All right? Trade deadline is a week from tomorrow, like I said. So we're going to talk about some contenders. Which contenders do we feel like should make a move before the deadline? The first team I'm going to go with is Miami Heat, right? The Miami Heat are always contenders. So don't get it twisted. Pat Rowley, Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, bam, they always figure out a way to contend. It don't matter if they're a six seed, a four seed. Anytime they run into Milwaukee, it's trouble. Anytime they run into Boston, it's trouble. All right? Honestly, I think the only team that can really match up with them and beat them is Philly because they have no answer for Embiid. But Philly never gets that matchup. So with that being said, the Miami Heat, they just got uh, Scary Terry, Terry Rozier from Charlotte. I'm sure he's happy about being out of that situation. Probably enjoyed his time in Charlotte, but they weren't winning. And Terry wants to get back to his winning ways. Up in Boston, they were winning. He was making playoff runs, him and Kyrie. So it's cool to see Scary Terry go to a team where they're going to compete for something. I think it was good for him and the Miami Heat 
because now Kyle Lowry's out of there. So they get younger at that position. They get tougher. You get somebody can go get their own bucket. Somebody that can make threes and defend when you need them to. I think he'll fit right into that Heat culture. I don't know if they're going to contend for a title, but I think it's a nice move for the Miami Heat to get up from under Kyle Lowry's contract and get Terry Rozier. I think you get a better more uh, better and younger player, like I said. Excuse me. So glad that they got Scary Terry over there. Now, the Lakers over on the West Coast. Right now, the Lakers aren't contending for anything. They're in ninth place, I think. I think they're the ninth seed, if I'm right. But you can never count out LeBron and AD, right? They can always figure it out. You get them in a single game elimination in the play-in. They can win that game, get into the playoffs. They made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. So with that respect, you have to assume that they'll figure it out and, and get a playoff run. But with that being said, I think I think they go after Donovan Mitchell. Go get Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if Cleveland will give him up because Cleveland is humming along like they're playing good basketball. So if you can't get Donovan Mitchell, then I guess you could say the consolation prize. I would say it's DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray is a guard down in Atlanta, started his career in San Antonio. I don't think him and Trey, I don't think him and the Trey Young experiment is working the way they want it to. So I would say DeJounte Murray to the Lakers. And then you get rid of D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, get some picks, do whatever it is you need to do. I think with DeJounte Murray, LeBron, and AD, I think you got yourself a pretty good three right there. DeJounte Murray doesn't really get in the way of what LeBron and AD want to do, but he is a young athletic two-way guard who can score and he can alleviate some of that from LeBron in terms of ball handling, taking the pressure off of him. So I like the DeJounte Murray to the Lakers. That's something to look into. That's what we think will happen. I think they should make that move. Austin Reeves, you can tell by his body language that he's done with Darvin Ham. I don't think he wants to be there anymore. So let him go ahead and go play with Trey Young in Atlanta. Bring in DeJounte Murray. We'll see what happens with that. Now, with Philly, we just talked about their matchups. I think Philly can make it to the finals. I just, they to me, they feel like the Portland Trailblazers from the early 2000s. They feel like the Knicks from the early 90s. Like, it's just matchups. Like, the Knicks just kept running into the Bulls, and they could not beat the Bulls in the playoffs. Portland kept running into Kobe and Shaq. If they would have got to a final, I think they would have beat the Pacers. They would have beat the Nets back in 2002. Like, I just feel like they just ran into these teams that just matched up with them better. I think Philly's in the same situation. They continue to run into the Milwaukee's or the Boston's, and they can't beat them. But I think if they ever made it to a final, I think they match up really well with Denver. I think they match up really well with Golden State, the Lakers, anybody in the West that could make it to a final, I think Philly can beat. With that being said, I think they need to make a move. I think they need to go get a two-guard. You're going to be shocked at the name I'm about to say who they need to go get. I think they need to go get Klay Thompson. I think Golden State needs to. I think the dynasty is over. In the sense that they're old and can't play no more, 
but I don't think they're playing for championships. I think they want to get rid of Draymond. I think uh, Kaminga is not what they thought he was going to be. Jonathan Kaminga, they want to get rid of him. Who knows what the hell Andrew Wiggins is doing nowadays. Uh, they just don't look like the team that they used to be two, three years ago. Steph is still in his prime. Steph can still go out and get you 30, 40. But what does it translate to? Is it going to translate the wins, playoff appearances? I don't know if this team can do it anymore. They need to retool around them. And I think the first big step that needs to be made, you can call this a hot take, whatever you want to call it. I think Klay Thompson needs to go to Philly. All right. I think Klay Thompson in Philly with Tyrese Maxey, with Embiid, I think that is a great fit. They got a for sure two guard who still has a little bit left in the tank. He can shoot. He is a better J.J. Redick to me. When J.J. Redick was there, that was a great two guard that can move the defense, spread the floor for Embiid. And Joel Embiid doesn't have to take as many threes when you got somebody like Clay. I think Philly should do whatever they need to do to get Clay Thompson. Well, and if you got to get rid of Kelly Oubre, who's playing the two spot now, like they got like three power forwards playing and they start a lineup with Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Doesn't make sense. Like get the proper guys in their position. They got Nick Batum. Like it's, that, that star lineup's crazy. So what I'm saying is do whatever you got to do. Picks, Kelly Oubre, ship them out. Go get Clay Thompson. They got the money. They got the cap space. Go get Clay. Get him on that team with Tyrese Maxey. I think they do damage in the East. I think that is the piece they need to match up with a Boston or Milwaukee. I say they go get him. I think the dynasty is over out West. Clay is a shooter that is perfectly fit in that Philly system. I say they go get him. I think Nick Nurse will know what to do with him. And I think they roll. And then the last team I got out West as well, Sacramento. Sacramento was great last year. I think they was they was a two seed last year, three seed. Yeah, they were the three six because they played uh, the Warriors. They just fell off these last few weeks. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know if it's because it's the dog days of the season. Everybody looking to get to All Star break, what have you. But Sacramento, I think, needs to make a move. I think they should have made this move years ago. Harrison Barnes, get get Harrison Barnes out of there, please. This dude is making $17, $18 million a year and giving you 11 points a game. Like, get him out of there, all right? They don't need him. Keegan Murray is, is better than him already in his second year. And Harrison Barnes ain't gotten better since he left Dallas. So just go ahead and move him. And the person they need to go get, and you can take Harrison Barnes and a couple of those other guys that are at the bottom of the roster just to fit the cap space, Go get Mikael Bridges from Brooklyn. Yes. Like I said, I don't know if these are hot takes to y'all or what y'all think they may be, but the Brooklyn Nets, that experiment is not working. They probably won't make the playoffs. I say go get Mikael Bridges from Brooklyn and you insert him with that young team over in Sacramento. I think they're. I think he'll feel just like he felt in Phoenix, but now he knows that he can go get you 20, 25 a game. I think that'd be the perfect spot for Mikael Bridges. He found out in Brooklyn that he can go get a bucket. He can carry a team. 
He can go get 25, 30 a night. He can be the focal point on the team and still go get his. Now, let's put him back into his regular spot at the small forward position and let De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis do work and put him in there as a two-way wing who can go get his own bucket. I think that'd be a great pickup for Sacramento if they can get him. Pair him with Malik Monk as well. I think that would work great for them. Sacramento needs to do whatever they can. Go get Mikael Bridges, and I think they make a run in the playoffs this year. So that's what I got for the trades. I got, we already saw Scary Terry go to the Heat. I think the Lakers need to go get DeJounte Murray. Philly needs to go get Clay Thompson, a true two-guard that can go with that lineup. And Mikael Bridges needs to come back out west to Sacramento. I think that would be a monster trade. I think that puts them in position to go to a Western Conference Finals if they could get Mikael Bridges. I'm serious about it. All right, you guys let me know what you think. Crazy trades. If you think those takes are crazy, let me know. Or if you like them. But let me know what you think about this trade deadline before next week. And we'll see what happens. We got eight days away from the trade deadline. We'll see what the NBA has for us coming up. All right. So when we come back, we move over to the NFL. We talk about conference championships. Who wins and why? We're in the final four. You don't want to miss who we pick and why we pick them. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on all channels, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And also, if you can't catch us live, you can always get the audio. We are on all the audio platforms, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So go ahead and check those out. Subscribe to those too. You can get all of the episodes from the seasons past and this current season. So before we went to break though, like I told you guys, this is an interactive show. I love when you guys comment on all of the shows or any of the topics we're talking about. So shout out to Barbara. Shout out 
for commenting on the Mikael Bridges trade. You are absolutely right. It will take a lot to get Mikael Bridges, but I think that as far as the cap space goes, if you put in Harrison Barnes, you can put JaVale McGee in there. There are a couple other young players that they can do to fit the cap space, give them picks. I would throw picks left and right at Brooklyn to go get Mikael Bridges. I honestly believe that if they can get Mikael Bridges over there in Sacramento, that they can go to a Western Conference Finals. I truly believe that. So maybe the front office feels the same way. I know Mikael Bridges, he's in trade rumors already as it is. They're thinking about blowing that up to get picks. And I think if Sacramento has the picks, they need to try to go get them for sure. All right. So let's get into it. We're going to shift gears and get into the NFL. I know this is what y'all been waiting for. The conference championships are here this weekend. All right. We don't have to worry about Saturday and Sunday. All the games are on Sunday. All right. We got two of them. So we're going to start with the NFC. Congrats to the Lions for making it to the NFC championship game and going up against the 49ers, which is crazy. The 49ers are seven-point favorites in this NFC championship game. Maybe they know something I don't know. Maybe Debo Samuel's healthy. Maybe Joe Montana's quarterbacking. I don't know. Maybe Jerry Rice is playing. But um, <laughs> seven-point favorites in this game is a little crazy to me. I mean, I don't know if that's disrespect to Detroit or not, but that's kind of crazy. So I think this is a very interesting game. Very interesting. This is a very winnable game for the Lions. Um, they're not just smoking mirrors. I don't think they're a Cinderella team. Um, I thought, honestly, I thought they had peaked towards the end of the season. So I didn't really have them getting this far. And they they look like a football. They look like a complete football team. Offense, defense, special teams. Jameer Gibbs is a monster. Rookie running back. You would not be able to tell this is first year in the NFL, the way Jameer Gibbs plays football. They got wide receivers all over the place. Amara St. Brown. I wish we, I mean, we got his brother, but man, we, we can do a switch if you want. But but no, nah, the Lions, man, they they look good for real. Um, Jared Goff. Like Jared Goff is a quarterback where you're like, man, I'm waiting for him to, to make a mistake. Is he gonna throw a pick? Is he gonna fumble? And, he, and he's not doing it. He's playing perfect football. Um, and they just look good, man. I mean, all of the pundits and media guys that made fun of Dan Campbell, they look crazy right now. I mean, Dan Campbell's won 20 of his last 25 games, something like that, going back to last season. They just flipped the switch, and they become a good football team. This is not a sample size of what the Lions have been doing. They have been good, all right? And they could be on a collision course with the Chiefs, possibly, who played each other the first game of the season. They could be playing each other the last game of the season. And they look for real. They've been consistently good all year. So, but with that being said, I still have to go with the 49ers. And not only because I think the 49ers are better. Obviously, they were my pick. I got to ride with my pick. I can't, I can't fall off the wagon. I, I picked them in the beginning. When I had the bracket, I showed y'all the bracket at the beginning of the playoffs. And the 49ers were winning the NFC. I still have them winning it. Obviously, a lot of that is predicated on Debo Samuel being healthy with the shoulder injury. I would be surprised if Debo misses this game. His shoulder's got to be real bad if he's going to miss an NFC title game. 
especially because of what happened to them last year when they lost every quarterback they ever had against the Eagles. <laughs> it's going to be hard for me to think that he's going to miss this game. I think they want to get back to this game and take a little bit of revenge out on the Lions. They're playing at home in Levi Stadium. I call it candlestick. I might be aging myself, but they're playing at home. So I think they want to prove that they can get to a Super Bowl with this team. They have the offensive weapons, of course, we already know about. We know about the opportunistic defense they have. And it's simple for me. If Debo plays, the Niners win. And I think I'll, I'll be shocked if he doesn't play. I think they want to make up for last year. And I think this is the game that they can do it. Again, I would not be surprised if the Detroit Lions win this game because they have proven to be that good. But I got to stay with my pick, and my pick is because of how complete the 49ers are on both sides of the ball as well. I think it's going to be an evenly matched game. If you're going to bet this game, please take the Lions to cover. I do not see the Lions losing by a touchdown in this game, but I do have the Niners winning this game and going to a Super Bowl. I think the Niners get it done. To the AFC, the Chiefs and the Ravens. This is a game I wasn't expecting to see. Like I told y'all, I thought the Bills were going to beat the Chiefs, and I thought it was going to be Lamar versus Josh Allen. And I think Lamar, I think the Ravens match up better against the Ray against the Bills. I don't know how they match up against the Chiefs. I don't know what's going to happen. But you got to give credit where credit's due. I did pick the Bills to beat the Chiefs, and the Chiefs did what they did against the Bills almost on a regular basis. It's almost like an annual thing, three out of the last four at least. Mahomes is back on the road, and now he's got to go to Baltimore and play against those Ravens. So the question is, what the Chiefs did last week against Buffalo, was that an aberration? Was that an outlier? Because their offense hadn't been that good all year. Let's not kid ourselves. They didn't drop any passes. They didn't get any offensive penalties. Like they lead, like their offensive line leads the league in penalties. All right. None of that happened in this game. They played a perfect football game. And my question to you is: we're 20 games into this season now. And this is the first time they look like this. So is this a sign of things to come, or was this just kind of a Super laser focused. We got to beat the Bills. Everybody thinks we're going to lose. And now they exhale. Like, what happens after this game is what I'm scratching my head about. Um, I feel like we got enough data to, for this season at least, to say that was kind of an outlier because the Chiefs haven't been playing like that. Their defense, on the other hand, has been good. These are the top two defenses in football. So, the Ravens are number one in sacks. The Chiefs are number two. So we know we're going to get on the defensive side. The Ravens are number one in rushing yards, top five in scoring, though. So, and they're the number one team in the league, obviously. I have to stay with my pick. I got to go with the Ravens. I got to go with the Ravens winning at home. I just, what Lamar Jackson is putting together this season is amazing to me and I feel like he's going to see it through again 
we're in the AFC and NFC championship games. To say you think wholeheartedly that one team is going to beat another is crazy. That's why I thought the the spread, the seven point spread of the NFC championship game is crazy to me. Like I don't see that happening. This spread, the Ravens are four point favorites in this game. I get it, um, but I'm picking the Ravens to win this game straight up. Uh, I just think the Ravens have been a better team. Simple as that. All year. They've been better all year. They've been more consistent all year. They have, and they might get Mark Andrews back. So with that, like, that just adds another element to their offense. Isaiah likely is kind of came into his own as well, but I'm picking the Ravens to win this game simply because the Ravens have been a better football team than the Chiefs this season. Simple as that. Now, playoffs, obviously things are different. You know, palms get sweaty. People get nervous. Situational football. Andy Reid is undefeated against all his disciples in playoff games. He's 5-0. and um, And John Harbaugh used to coach under Andy Reid. So you can go that route. But I just feel like, like I told y'all in episodes past, Lamar looks focused. I don't see a lot of playing around. I don't see a lot of Kiki and joking. Like they look like they are they're they're looking forward to something to winning a championship. And I think they understand the assignment. I think they understand that in order to win a Super Bowl, it has to go through the Chiefs. Home or away. But in order to win, you've got to beat the team that seems to live in the damn AFC championship game every year. So it is what it is, but at least it's in their home stadium. And I feel like this is going to be a huge game. They might get Ray Lewis out there to do his dance again. Terrell Suggs might be there. Like They might get everybody there um, to hype up the crowd, whatever they need to do. But it's it's very simple for me. I think when it gets to these games, these championship games, every year, my pick is who has been the better team all season and if they're healthy. So the 49ers have been better than the Lions all year. And the Ravens have been better than the Chiefs all year. And they're both playing at home. So I won't get, I'm not going to get into all of the crazy nuances. I'm going to just go with my gut. And I say the Niners and the Ravens meet each other in the Super Bowl again. So that's where I'm at. You guys let me know what you think. Who is going to the Super Bowl? All right, in the NFC, AFC, who do you have? What is our Super Bowl going to look like? Are we going to get Lions Chiefs? Are we going to get Lions Ravens? Are we going to get Chiefs 49ers again? Are we going to get Ravens 49ers again? So you guys let me know where we're going with this Super Bowl matchup. I'll let you know what I think. You guys let me know what you think. You already know what Ms. D thinks. Chiefs over everybody. But we'll see what happens, all right? When we come back, we close it out with the two-minute warning that you will not want to miss. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast.
Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight. This was a great show. I had a lot of fun with it. Always talking NBA, NFL is always a great time. I feel like these are great topics. We had some takes on here. Hopefully you guys don't think I'm crazy. I might be, but it's all good. But the theme of this show, if you haven't been following along, and what we're going to close it out with, is greatness. All right? Are you great when greatness is required? That's what we're going to talk about. We're all great. All right, all of my humans out there, we're all great. You're all great people. But are you great when greatness is required? All right? Greatness doesn't mean being perfect. All right, don't get it twisted. It's doing your best and being prepared when your time comes to be at your best. Are you doing that? Right? That's when you can tell if you're great or not. All right? Being great when you're called upon all the time, not sometimes. Being reliable. So that's knowing, like, if we're talking about sports, and everybody knows this about me, I'm obviously a Jordan fan. But anytime growing up in the 90s in Chicago, anytime the Bulls played in the game and we were losing, we never thought we would lose games. If we got 23, we straight. Like, we have the greatest player. <laughs> We know he's going to come through. We relied on him, and he delivered more times than not. You know, here in Kansas City, these fans have that same feeling. When 15 can go out in 13 seconds left and get you a touchdown to win a game or go to overtime and win a game, it's like, oh, we're fine. Like, no problem. So I always tell this story about Duke. And Miss D asked me about this years ago, <clears throat> watching the Duke game. And they were losing. I'm like, I, I don't ever think that Duke's going to lose a game until the game is over. Here's why. In 2001, with Jay Will, Mike Dunley, Boozer, all these dudes on the team, playing against Maryland. In Maryland, they're down 10 points with 50 seconds left to go in the game. They come back and tie that game and win it in overtime. Once I saw that, that is greatness to me. When greatness is called upon and you are ready for it, there are, there's great players. There are great teams. But greatness is another level that people strive to get to. And that's what being great is. Being at your best when you need to be, and everybody knows it. A shot goes up, you know it's going in. Steph shoots a three and, and runs the other way, four goes in, the whole crowd knows it's going in. That's greatness. You already know what it is, right? Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. Wayne Gretzky, his nickname's The Great One. Uh, Hank Aaron, Muhammad Ali. Their whole mantra, aura, was about greatness. And that's what we expected from them, and that's what they delivered all the time. We expect greatness from them because they proved it time and time again. And that's the difference. I appreciate y'all for tuning in tonight. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Look forward to seeing y'all next week on episode eight. We are going back to the NBA. It is a special fan appreciation night. Episode eight. We got NBA and we're talking about the, uh, the trade deadline. We're getting into that and we're going to get into our power rankings for the NBA as well. So you will not want to miss next week's episode. Appreciate y'all for tuning in all over. We're out of here. Peace.